You're listening to the Rogers Sporting Goods Podcast with Patrick Fisher, Chandler Smith, and Josh from Outdoor Limits. In this podcast, we'll touch on everything from gear to ducks to deer, turkey and fishing. From field to table, let's dive in. Where's that at? I don't know. Somewhere. Definitely a snow snow nato. That is a snow nato. Yeah. You know, you are... It is crazy because you don't see, yeah, I mean, you get the every now and again, those crazy, it's just like mounds of snows. But then most times it's like five guys go out, even at what? 50 snow geese. It's only 10 apiece. You know, you're not seeing I'm not, that. I'm not picking up what you're putting. You down were here, saying Patrick. though, like you don't see that most of the time where there's just the hundreds. Like, oh, you're talking about like guys hunt. in regular season hunting snow geese and just no. And during the conservation order, where you can shoot unlimited amount of snows. Okay, you're saying that you. Don't How many see times do you see the piles? Just like a hundred plus bird. Yeah. Days. I mean, it's not uncommon, but all the snow goose hunts that I've been on, I mean. Maybe the most we've shot is like 30. Yeah. yeah. So, personally, I've never been on one of the shoots, and hopefully I can I know they one. happen, and they, they just look crazy. They happen the day, be- the day before you go to hunt. Yeah. They would have been here yesterday. Oh, you should have been here yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> look at all them chickens. Yeah. So, it does happen, and I have seen pictures, and I, but you're right. Now, when I think about it, like, I don't know. It's not like you're seeing it consistently. The thing is with snow goose hunting is, is you need, especially in the spring, you need that perfect day where there's a south wind, they're reverse migrating, and you're going to catch them as they're coming into the area. Yeah. Because when they get in that area, man, they, they know where they want to be, and they where they're getting shot at, shot at is not going to. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, they're going to jump to the next field over across the street and you're just staring at them <laughs> that's happened before that's yeah. true but they they can also be here here today gone tomorrow yep yeah it's, it can be super quick which is why you always see guys chasing them yep it's like the one waterfowl species you're like we're chasing these suckers they move so quick yeah. snow geese are never really a thing that i've wanted to really dive into and like yeah. become a snow goose hunter well we're gonna dive into it today are we we are diving into this we are close to the conservation order opening yeah we got so a week we figured for when this podcast comes out it's like one of the last days for us we're gonna have for a canadas. few days left for canadas no it'll pretty much be done yeah yeah um but as we're recording this podcast this last week i've heard we've got guys getting into them yeah, and I'm seeing a lot flying around. Yeah. It's crazy because we started off super warm. We talked about this, I think, on the last podcast. And everybody was pond hunting and really, it's like they transitioned super quick from ducks to geese. Because you can get on some killer goose hunts over them farm ponds and yep. uh, everything's still kind of green. And then all of a sudden, we had that massive freeze, mm-hmm. froze up everything. And then people were kind of scrounging or hunting fields, we're finished, you know, and now all of a sudden we're back to really where we were 30 days ago. Yeah. 35 yeah. days ago. A lot of water's still got ice on it, though. That's true. Yeah. It's warm out, though. Feels great. Spring is almost here. It is. And so with the conservation order coming up, we're just kind of, I don't know, we were talking the other day and, and just like, popped in my head and talk about snow geese and i don't know maybe some thoughts on it that that one maybe you haven't thought about and two um i mean we all know there's a lot of them but the impact it has sorry the impact it's having on uh certain areas what do we do to you know keep the population where it needs to be um like with any thing that you hunt yeah i mean we just so, did some did some research online now we're all officially experts officially a snow goose expert no i'm not there's so much out there to read but 
I've been. You got the uh, population looking at it. Yeah. Um, now or from this year to previous years, or what's it look like right now? There what so. I've got the population now compared to what it was a long time ago. Gotcha. Now, obviously, is it DU and different waterfowl organizations will come out with their, like, year-to-year, like we did the duck one early on in the year. Like, yeah. The aerial uh, surveys? Yeah. So, um, where we're at now, though, is roughly, in, and we are talking about surveying waterfowl or surveying deer, Hayden was asking, and... So, you know, it's not 100% accurate, right? You're surveying, you're spotting from a plane, you're doing... Yeah, you look out at you know, a pond that that's like, just covered in snow geese, you're like, eh, they're... Uh, right, you're counting 5,000 on there. Yeah, I would imagine you're counting a certain area and then extrapolating it if that pond's full or that lake or whatever. Birds per square acre. Feet. Yeah, exactly. Um, or hectare, as they say in the yeah uh, scientific world. But basically, we are well over 8 million uh, Are we? snow geese. <clears throat> what was your earliest population record that you got on your... Like, um, 2,000, 3,000, something like that? Or Oh, well, like actually, at, like, in the 1916, the population was so low that snow geese were actually fully protected. You said really? 1916? Yeah. Not 1960? Yeah. yeah. 1916, it was so low... That snow geese were fully protected, and now look where we're at. Yep. We just unplug shotguns, and we're going to town. Um, that's how low it was. Now, if you think back then, right around that time, with deer, turkey, a lot of that, it's mm-hmm. overhunting. It's unregulated. There's no yeah, market hunting. conservation. I wonder, I wonder how many snow know. geese are sold like in the Chicago market from guys with punt guns and jumping, jump shooting them. Just, uh-huh. Yeah. Over the Probably, field. I mean, that's if you want to get a you know a quantity of of fowl you know and food to sell. Yeah, jump you know jump shooting with the proper stuff. Could, oh yeah, yeah. I wonder you if you sneak they, uh, up over a little levee and a bunch of snow geese are landed out there all tucked together, thousands of them. Yeah, and you just let just her eat. Fifteen of you just all unload. Because you know I've heard reports from you know like two hundred day bluing teal. You know, shoots and stuff from like the early 1900s and stuff. Yeah, and some <laughs> like crazy. I don't. I can't remember. Some guys talked about how many thousands of mallards they sold. In you the just Chicago. talked to them yesterday. Yeah, no. <laughs> just reports. Well, they were also hunting for like feathers. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, all that. Yeah, they just didn't know. Hey, that's really. got cool feathers. I'm gonna shoot it and sell it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? Well, I don't even know. I mean, we could really go down a rabbit so, hole, but you think about like buffalo. They just thought it was an abundance. Yeah. And there were yeah. buffalo everywhere. So you just, you know, whether it was the Europeans, the Native Americans still took, you know, buffalo. Yeah. And they just, and now they're, you know, yeah. just wipe them out. They do like buffalo drives. Yep. But. Anyway, so I got a graph here from like the uh, like the seventies. We're at like a million snow geese in the seventies. Yeah. Okay. And then this graph doesn't go to today's date. It goes to like two thousand eight, but we're at like five million around there. Yeah. And I think we're about we're a little over eight million now. Jeez. And that's so. That's kind of what I want to dive into a little bit, and a few other things, but you know the the um the ecological impact snow geese have and of course it's fun to go out there but if we really sit back as conservationists and and outdoorsmen and what does this look like not next year but you know in the next 30 years when we're old men sitting around and then our you know you got grandkids or great grandkids and they're coming into snow goose hunting and you know what's that look like? Yeah. Um, so what? What do you? Why do you guys think it jumped up so much from the well seventies or or just say the past part of 50 it, years? Yeah. So part of the things that I read into. So one, we're talking about surveying. Yeah. Now initial surveys they way miscalculated. 
So when? they were, this is like 60s. Gotcha. When the surveys came out, they way undercounted. So they, uh, so anybody that doesn't know, but um, adult snows are the ones that do all the breeding, not the juvies. Yeah. So when they did their survey, it was already, there was so many more adult snows to begin with that when they started creating policies and, and doing that. So the population, you talk about it increasing so much, it increased already so much from their initial survey because they, they calculated it so wrong gotcha. from the get-go. Now, with that being said, we didn't have our conservation order start till 1999. So think about that. We didn't even start curbing this population problem until... What's that? Twenty years later. Yeah, ninety nine looks like it was about four million. Yeah, population is what we were at. Yeah, so if you think of how many snow geese there were that they miscalculated, and then they just keep breeding and breeding and breeding. I mean, there's so many. Yeah, your population just skyrockets, and it's still skyrocketing. Yeah, even though we have a conservation order now, which started in 1999. I wonder how many birds that got wiped out by the bird flu this past year. Or? Yeah. That was a big thing. Yeah. I and maybe that's why, because I did see, and I didn't print it off. You were asking about some of the numbers, and I we're looking at total numbers, but last year to this year, I think it was down just a tad. And maybe it's got part of the, uh, gotcha. maybe that's part of that. Could be. Because you imagine there's so many, and they're all tight grouped together, and they're breeding grounds, and you start getting a, they're not social distancing. They are not distancing. They're <laughs> all in the same area. Yeah. So I can imagine that would wipe out quite a few, yep. along with the hunting itself, you know. And that maybe there's maybe there's a nature's way of saying yep. Yeah, there's too many. Too many. Um now, yeah, now with that, with you saying that, do you think we're close to a peak somewhere? Uh they said around twenty sixteen was a peak. Yeah, we had like... The carrying capacity? We had, I think around 2016, I believe, 2013 to 16, somewhere in there. um, We were closer between like 12 and 16 million. Oh, geez. So we're not not there. We're not back to that peak, but we're still... We're still dealing with that that population damage. Now, I don't know what happened... From then till now, like what changed from 16 till now that it took a dive? Hasn't there been... There's been more than two, one avian flu. Yeah, or I think I can remember, I think two avian flus in between those times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Saskatchewan's been pretty dry. So that could be part of it. Yep. Drought. Um, some of the, as we're talking about, the ecological impact, maybe just, you know loss of life from where they originally were going to breed in their wintering grounds. Now, at least from what we read, I believe most waterfowl biologists, they're not eating themselves to death where then there's no food. So you just starve then. A lot of them are finding new breeding grounds. So they're, you know, uh, right now it's like – the eastern Arctic region of Canada and Greenland um, is kind of their main area. Yeah. Um, that Hudson Bay area. Yeah. Um, but there is parts of that Hudson Bay. They have damaged now over 30, 35% of their breeding ground. Um, and from reports that I'm at least seeing, um, once that tundra is damaged, you know, it can take five years, 10 years or longer to to grow again because tundra has such a short growing period so once it's damaged yeah it's done um so they're just moving you know finding new breeding grounds so you know if you extrapolate that though over the next Mm -hmm. 50 years 100 years and that number is 35 percent damage and then it's 50 70 like at what point then you know are you at your you know there's no more They'll find another place. Yeah, I, I mean, guess. Nat- as Jurassic Park says, nature always finds a way. Well, nature will find a way, yeah. yeah. 
Um, well, take a look at the even the wintering grounds, right? It's like the article we read was talking about Texas. Yeah, and te- I thought that was wild. Yeah, like the Texas coast used to be like a hot spot for snow goose hunting, mm-hmm. and uh, it shifted. No, it has yeah. shifted east to like Louisiana, and part of that is the destruction and or the lack, lack of because it was agriculture mm-hmm. that was keeping those birds there yeah. with the rice fields. But since Texas farmers were having a harder time accessing water. There wasn't as many rice fields. There's yeah. not as much, yeah, rice fields and area. So they're shifting. I mean, they're smart, right? We're going to shift. We're going to find another place to yeah. is this go. McDonald's is closed. I'm going to go to the Taco I'm Bell. Go over to there. the Taco Bell across the street. <laughs> so, yep, yeah. Um, Good way to put it. So a few highlights. One thing, obviously, um, with migratory bird hunting, with deer hunting, like it, um, the economic impact, like migratory bird hunting. I guess I didn't even think about it being this high, but it brings in over $4 billion a year. Um, Through Rogers? Yeah. That would be <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, that'd be crazy. We'd all begin raises if I could bring in $4 billion. Yeah. Um, or at least I'd treat you to some lunch. <laughs> Jason's Deli? Jason's oh, Deli. Oh, you can eat salad bar? Oh, yeah. He'd get himself as many plates as he wants. Um, but so we're talking about the overabundant population of light geese. Um, you know, we're, we've highlighted the, you know, the destroying of the habitat, the ecosystem. Um, so 1916, like I talked about, that was kind of the, the low point, which is crazy that they were fully protected (laughs) and, uh, and now we're doing, you know, conservation orders. Um, yeah. But uh, um, as far as like the snow goose, it might go off in here on a tangent before it's all we get right. to the rest. But yep. like the snow goose hunting tactics, I think got really pretty decent around that 2016 mark. I mean, guys were, you know, in 2011 and 10 or when I first started at Rogers, you know, it was guys were building their own speaker boxes. Like there wasn't a lot out yet. Like Fox yeah. Pro might have, you know, come out with the, the collar. The decoy socks and stuff were, you know, they were, I don't know, like 2016, I remember, man, if you wanted to find a snow goose sock, you know, there were so many brands out there, a lot of innovation happening. Well, people you know. people were using rags and yeah, paper I mean, plates. Yeah, when I first started, we still sold Hunter Specialties. Like those Texas rags. With they were wooden dowel, dowel rods, rods, wooden dowel rods and rags. Yep. Just staple it on to the that wooden was, dowel rod. Yeah, that was late two thousand. Nine, ten, two thousand seven, eight. You know that's. But right. then look at us now. Look at the full bodies. You know, I wonder. I mean, Greenhead Gear. When did they come out with their full body snow? Um, it probably was. Think what? It was, I was it probably was twenty twelve. Yeah. Do you feel like you, there's full body snows? I mean, that might have been. Greenhead yeah, Gear. I think been the there was a few. It. There's, but there's definitely. I feel like most every company's got an option. But now, I mean, with this type of spreads you can put out. Yeah. Well, that was one thing. If I'm not mistaken, so the the hunters have decreased now. Yes. It's becoming a point now where, at least for snow goose, for sure, the amount of snow goose hunters is decreasing substantially. Yeah. So if our population even at its peak, is down to a little over 8 million, say 7 to 10 million, because it's hard to be 100% accurate, which is still overpopulated. Their goal was to knock the population in half within 10 years of the conservation order coming out. So the conservation has done no such thing. So they wanted it around 2 million. million. Yeah, I think they they would rather be around that 2 million. Because when I was looking at that graph, it looked like... And I don't know if it's the best reporter. It was looking at nesting grounds around the, like that Hudson mm-hmm. area that um, they were estimating about four million and ninety nine on the graph I was looking at. Yeah, so, so probably roughly two, yeah, million to them is a good population to waterfowl biologists, ecologists. Um, but we're at eight, but we're at eight, and then if if the hunters are decreasing, yeah. 
that's got to affect it. And then we were talking, well, what's the reason for that? Um, why is there a decrease specifically in snow goose hunters only? I think um, there, it's because there's a, um, it takes a lot of money to build. To DIY this, it. Yeah, to yeah. De- DIY it. Um, and it's inconsistent. It's not like you can go to Grandpappy's duck hole and go shoot your five mallards every weekend. Or just go shoot a couple. Yeah. yeah. It's a uh, snow goose is like you're either on them or you're not. Yeah, I've, I haven't booked a snow goose hunt necessarily. Like, yeah, like how's that work? What like, you, Josh, you think booking like, it? Yeah, you just say like, hey, I guess we'll come in this weekend, and if there's they're there, we'll shoot them. If they're not, so, we'll sit in the yeah, lodge and that drink change. Coffee. Right? Uh, like, I can you know. get a refund on snow goose booking? I don't know because I think that's up to your guide. But but basically, you could start booking it in Missouri. You know, when the conservation order opens, that's what most people are doing. They're booking. Yeah. But it's like I guess over the years you get smart about hey, this is kind of roughly. Yeah. You get to know your, your change. Date range. And, but if it's off by a few days, and typically when you book a waterfront hunt, they're usually only two to three days at the longest. It's not like a deer elk hunt where you're out there. Yeah. Five seven days. Yeah. A lot of guys will run permanent spreads. So they just set themselves up on a good flight line that the birds are going to consistently follow and just traffic them. Yeah. yeah. And that tends to work pretty good. Some days are better than others. Or yep. If you're if you're an outfitter or close to a refuge, you kind of constantly have yeah. some yeah. some if smaller you, groups or some, yeah, you know, I think some locals the, or birds I think the, the hassle of snow goose hunting decreases, you know, the amount of people that, you like know, you, you're putting, you're competing the competition in a good snow goose area. Yeah. Um, like if you go up northwest Missouri, where you get a lot of, yeah, outfitters, or you get like, yeah. I mean, there's competition. There's a decoy spread it's every like, half mile. Hey, he's got two thousand yeah. socks or full, but whatever a mix. I'm putting out twenty five hundred. I've seen this happen in front of me people well shoot i hey you know they're coming in the store i need another you know 10 dozen full bodies 200 more socks yep because they're competing with the guy across the road who's got a thousand more than they do so then they need a thousand more than that guy and two more (laughs) e-callers and the diy portion is tough this is you know you throw down some money to build that kind of spread. Yeah. You can't go out there with 12 full bodies. No. Yeah. Not 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 in that area. You might sneak one out on a Canada hunt earlier in the year when they're, you know. Um so it's a lot of effort, you know, and to move that amount of product, you know, you need a trailer or an enclosed trailer or, you know, multiple trucks. Yep. Um you know, typically there's some decent driving involved because you got to find the right fields. Um, you know, there's a lot to, that goes into it. You got to get out there at two o'clock in the morning and start putting socks in the ground. Oh, yeah, yeah. Set, it's a, it's a lot up. of work, and I think that's part of the reason why it could be maybe yeah. people try. It, they're like, "Yep, this yeah. is not for me." And the the pricing, you know, um, there's a lot of pricing changes over the past years. Yeah, but I think so. I mean, I think more waterfowlers need to think about put, doing their part. And I mean, I don't think it's that it won't break the bank to 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 get a day rate or a couple day rates to go snow goose hunting in, right in your area. You're talking like just like book it with an outfitter. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. And it's, typically, snow goose is some, some of the less pricing. expensive. Yeah, I I've believe pretty fair pricing out there. I just don't, you know. Yeah. It is a great way to go have a fun weekend. With, it is fun with oh, yeah. the family or the boys or whoever, because it's uh, it's not freezing cold. No, you're just hanging out. If they show up, they show up, and if they are there, you get a you get to shoot a lot. Yep, and that's always fun. Yep, yep. Um, I want to go do it now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been I've been on one true snow goose hunt. You don't? Do you want to go in April? And or we March? went. It's in April. April, the one in North Dakota. You don't want to go? Well, I d- no, I'm not. I won't go on that one. 
But why not? You know, to my left and right, you guys should probably go up there. That'd um, be fun. But I've been on one, and it was was a good one. No, <laughs> <laughs> we got one snow goose. <laughs> hey, that's better than none. It's up in mound. Really? I'm thinking. You know, we got. Yeah, you go up to Mount. We only put at, at that time. So this is I'll be forty this year for everybody listening. Um, and I was sixteen. Oh yeah. So whatever that math is. Twenty four yeah. years ago. Yeah. The conservation just started, and conservation order just started. Right. And we had like at that time. What, what were you guys? We using? had like five hundred decoys out. What were they? Regs. I don't know. Regs. old school yeah real geese like texas regs i think you could there was a company it was texas regs was it yeah huh. I we had like 500 those. out but at that time you know you think 24 years ago that was probably a decent amount yeah 500 we set them all out there not very many full bodies like you were talking about did you have any full regs bodies? i don't know if we did yeah i think it was all regs which is at least lighter you know and then we were hunting, you know, this whatever field it was. Yeah. And we had an electronic collar, but it, I don't know. It was like. It was rough. I don't know what it was. Yeah. And one snow goose came low enough. Yeah. And we all shot, and that was it. Is that, is that what you're talking about? I'm trying to see if people still sell rags. Texas rags. Yeah, I just Googled Texas rags. Which is really a sock. Of that, some yeah, that sort. Looks, I've seen worse. That actually didn't look too bad. It looked kinda like looked, a sock. Kind of looked like a wind sock, but it was might have been just a rag or something. I don't know. Here's wiping rags, absorbent wipes. Well, you could use those too. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, it's a lot of effort. It is. Um, but yeah, it might it might be more fun. You know, you book that hunt. Yeah. You go for a few days and you just get a pile of geese. And I've had uh, snow goose sausage. It's so good. It's actually really good. You made snow goose bacon. Was that last year? Mm Mm-hmm. What? You didn't eat it? No, you don't share bacon with me. You never bring bacon to me. I'll bring a package in. I think I still got a few. It's more like spam. I don't care what it is. (laughs) It says bacon. It's bacon. And we all love bacon. Um, One thing they are seeing, and this is probably due to the the changing of the breeding grounds and the wintering, you know, all that is the Pacific flyways actually getting an increase mm-hmm. now. Really? Something yeah. interesting that I learned today about the Pacific flyway is when the birds show up, they just like show up. Like there's no stopping points for them along the way. Like they do in the central and Mississippi flyway. You go set up a snow goose spread in like wine country out in a vineyard, <laughs> <laughs> hide under some, grapes great finds i'll just go <laughs> sit on top of a mountain and hope they fly low enough yeah uh so that was interesting and i think that part of that is because of the the changing of the patterns right it i mean central and mississippi are the main yep snow goose yeah. uh migration so they're talking about patterns. the snow goose patterns changing do you guys believe like some other people believe that the duck migration patterns are changing like the flight path visually that they take visually i would say a hundred percent yes i mean you can talk to people like sumner yeah for canada's yeah in missouri sumner they still have it the it was wild like the goose festival. the wild goose festival or yeah. whatever it was the goose capital of like the I've, world or whatever I've they heard call so it many goose now it's a small of the world now true it always goes away true yeah it's a small town like we're the goose capital of the world no offense to anybody from Sumner, but they did have a lot of Canada's. Yeah, yeah what that I've has heard, shifted. I've heard down in like Southern Illinois, like when we were hunting with the Higdon guys, they talked about that was like the goose capital of the world, and then they don't they don't even make it that far anymore. Yeah, mm. so duck capital of the world though, Stuttgart. Stuttgart. That's what they say, or is that? I, I believe it. I mean. Snow goose capital of the world. Do they have one of those? Greenland? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't usually, know. Usually those are tied to like good hunting areas. So I don't, but know, I just, if, I don't know if that's a bound city or, that's true. or but, somewhere in Arkansas. I mean, visually, wouldn't you say it's changing? Or it feels like it. Maybe that's what you're yeah, getting I at. I don't know. I was just curious. Well, they had to have changed. 
There is no doubt in my mind that I, I, I do feel like the Canada they used to come. Sure. Not not that ducks, ducks used ducks to a little bit. Well, I I feel, and I've got age on you, so <laughs> I'm using my seniority. Okay. Uh, not that I hunt more the ducks than you do, but he's more observant. I've than been the at it longer. <laughs> How walked, old are you? You've walked this earth. I How turned, old are you, Chandler? I turned thirty-two Sunday. And how old are you? 27 and a half today. Are you really? Yeah, it's yeah. his half birthday. So I've got, oh my. And it's our boss's. I've got eight years. <laughs> it's our boss's birthday. It is our boss's birthday. I was just eating a cheesecake before I started this podcast. I know. I think Susan was wondering why I haven't said anything yet. Because I walked by, she goes, hey, how's it going? Oh, yeah. She's, She's like, like, oh, no pretty cake good. Cake. I'm going to a podcast. <laughs> she left me. The homemade did cheesecake. The, did you eat the cheesecake? No, no. Chandler will eat it. For he's you. he's putting his foot down. It's like not I'm part of the my diet. Foot down. Um, but okay. So growing up as a kid, going out with dad. Um, it used to be. Man, I used to see a lot of ducks. And now I feel like it has switched um, to the west, more into Kansas. Now, is that? equated to the migration changing or something that we've talked about more there's more um there's more open water for ducks there's more places for them to feed there's a lot more people now that have flooded marshes and corn fields and all that so the ducks get spread out so it's not necessarily the migration changing it is Habitat's changing. The habitat is changing, and they're just more spread out. Or, yeah, they might be more spread out or just going to different areas, you know. I'm yeah. kind of curious what would happen in Missouri because I feel like northwest Missouri has a lot of ducks, but they're very concentrated into, like, three or four different areas, right? Yeah. What would happen if those places were not there? Would we see more ducks scattered across northwest Missouri? That's a good point. Because it's like some places you go and you're like, there's just no ducks here. Yeah. But then you drive 30 minutes west or north or whatever, and you're like, okay, there's a bunch of ducks. Yeah. So, like, I'm almost wondering if some it's of those field, duck, the the field duck of parks. Dreams. Field of dreams. Yeah. yeah. The, theory. The, the duck parks are just you building it, the ducks. They will come. One thing that... that seem to be very apparent from a lot of the stuff that we read um, is the hunting aspect of trying to limit the population is not working whatsoever. Really? Yeah. Now, with that conservation order, so everybody knows about that, for the most part, which started in 1999, the other two things that started with that was the use of electronic calls and unplugging the shotgun. Yep. So kind of all three things yeah. together. You can be out there with a Sega 12 and a 20-round drum if you want. Yeah. Now, one thing we talked about, I think, maybe before we started this, was if we're worried about the population, we started this conservation order, and it seems to be having no effect on the decrease of population. Why not open it up? Like, the con- there is no conservation order. It's just when snow goose season is, it is what it is. You can shoot as many as you want. I don't know. Like, why not try it? Well, you'd be dealing with overlaps in Canada season and duck season where you have to have a plugged gun and you cannot use an electronic call. True. So, but Pat didn't necessarily say on, you know, no plugs. He's just saying, like, if you had a Canada goose spread and... Yeah, but why not? Ju- okay, so, so do your plugged gun. Okay. During Canada season, but you can still shoot as many as you want. I mean, I don't know anybody who's hitting their snow goose limit in regular season. That's true, true too. So they're just not here. Or they're here and just a mile high and just impossible to hunt. But the could conservation... Be, could, they, could they introduce an October season for here? Like, I but, mean, could they, could they do whatever they want? But, like... The conservation order is a nationwide thing. Like, it... Yeah. When it start, no, am I wrong? I'm sorry. When we start, which is the seventh, it starts different dates for different states. Yeah, like Kansas doesn't open theirs until after their Canada season's over. 
And that's a week after Missouri. Clemson. That's a week yeah. after. Yeah, they might have to deal with their seat, their other season and stuff. Like Chandler brought up with the electronic call, you're out there with your electronic call trying to call in snow geese, but it's also during Canada season, which you can't you yeah. So you, I get what you're saying. Yeah, there's just too many hiccups and knowing. There's a lot of people that probably take advantage of way more than it. what they should, and they'd ruin it. Yep. Yeah, they get themselves in trouble. Okay. So, my next question is: is like since the conservation order isn't really impacting the population with the dramatic effect that we hoped, yeah, uh, do you foresee it ever going away, or is it one of those deals? Well, I don't even that, think you'd give it away because then it would just compound the problem. Well, not that it's helping. There's, any. believe me, you could take an A10 warthog <laughs> and accomplish what we do in all, all of snow goose season. So, well, like that—that's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Now, this isn't in the United States, but the breeding grounds are in Canada. Yes. So to diminish a population greatly, that's the time where they're most susceptible to losing, like turkeys, Mm -hmm. in the spring. You can have a bad turkey population if you get a flood during the breeding time, an overabundance of predators, is do we diminish some of this population during their breeding grounds and take them out? They're right there all together. And that's your most opportune time to take out adult snows, which do all the breeding. Now, not much we can do here since they're breeding grounds in Canada, but wouldn't that seem the logical way to (laughs) to to quell this population? Because if the hunting's not doing it, we can't really change that. Because if you get rid of it, all it does is compound it. So instead of growing maybe two to five so, percent population a year, they're gonna, maybe they're going to start growing ten percent a year. But they, it even says that the hunting doesn't really have much of an impact at all. Like very tiny amount. Like even as uh, on, we see in like ducks and geese in general, it doesn't on the diminishing of the population. But I bet it has an impact on the growth of the population. Like, instead of it growing at a 45-degree angle, right now the population is growing at a 20-degree angle. But a lot of the geese that are getting shot in the conservation order are juvies. And that's the other problem. That's what I'm saying. Maybe we need to go to the breeding ground to take out the adults. Because most snow geese killed are juvies. I mean... And they don't do any of the breeding. Think about how many guys would sign up to go sit on the breeding grounds in a ghillie suit and a 12-gauge. I think it could be done. But that Pat- seems the only viable what, option. What I feel like you're saying is that <laughs> you, don't, you don't foresee well, I don't know. the spring season ever going away. No. Like, it's here for good, and we're going to yeah. have it forever. I think yeah. as, as, we, as we've learned over the early 1900s and now, I think we don't... I don't think any of the scientists or biologists want to just go in and just mass wipe out things. They yes. want to do it. Well, they're trying to do it in a conservative way. Yeah. But that conservative way hasn't worked now for over 30 years. Yeah. I mean, 25 how, years. How long is, well, 1999 to 2024? Yeah. How long are we doing this science experiment? I don't know. Well, don't get me going on science. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they even said that the birds are starting to breed in Russia. So maybe it'll just become Russia's problem. I have. It, it isn't. We brought this up because it was just, it seemed like it's just, a, I'm perplexed about the situation. You don't really think about it until you start diving into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you just, because snow goose, right, when you do get into it, it's just fun. So yeah. you just think of it as like, it's like a bonus at the end of the year. Yeah, it's like dessert. It's Yeah, it's like, all it's right, like, we get to go snow goose hunt now. We can shoot whatever we want. It's yeah. just like the end of the year shebang before you switch so, over. So what the amount of snow geese, tear, you know, tearing up like the breeding grounds or destroying stuff like that, what is that mm-hmm. What is that affecting? What else is that affecting besides just the, 
it's tundra is it well there it's it probably is, affecting native there, species there yeah. are other waterfowl species that are suffering use that, that too yeah one of the things so and then what what about non-waterfowl species there's probably i would imagine I'm, there's I'm, some, imagine maybe some a, caribou I mean, or, there's a lot of things that eat grass yeah so you know it might affect you know when you talk about the ecosystem it's not just them but the total ecosystem yeah you know you're affecting if you take out 35 percent of an area's you know like they're talking about in the uh, of the 135,000 acres of habitat in the hudson bay lowlands 35 percent is destroyed so it's just like bare dirt it's just gone there's nothing there and tundra takes as at least from what i can see like a decade or longer to recover hmm. so and 30 percent of it's already damaged and on its way to being destroyed, and 35% of it is heavily grazed. Well, you do the number, uh, yeah, that's 100%. See how quick I did that, people? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't, you know. They could I don't just know. Move, move and breed further south. They do talk about um, the effect it might have on ducks. Now, this is down here, um, is like especially in California, the snows, a lot of them are there in the Canadas, but mm-hmm. snows, because the population's higher, they're there before ducks. So there's a competition for food. Mm-hmm. Like they'll so, eat all the rice out of the fields before uh-huh. they flood it. Yeah. yeah, there's like nothing left. And so competition for food, the ducks maybe move on or the ducks don't survive. There's no substantial amount of food for their migration south, Um, you know. So that remains to be seen, but, you know, that is another problem that could be arising is that competition. When you got 8 million, 10 million snows versus, you know, whatever the duck population is, it's probably more if you take all the species, but if you take the Canada population or whatever, there's a competition, right? So the numbers typically win. Who's got the most numbers? And they're bigger. They're going to eat more. Yep. It's a conundrum. Need to get mad at them. So what else you got on that list? Or, um, I guess we want to, I kind of want to end with like, if you, if you really want to go out there and do your part, you know, and, and, and knock yeah. down some snows, what do you need in different scenarios? But I yeah. gotcha. Well, one, um, let's do our part as waterfowlers and try to go hunt them if you can. Yep. Um, you know, take the opportunity to be able to go out there and uh, do it. It is fun if you can get on it. Yeah. Um, or maybe you save up and you just, you want to go once or twice a year during the spring and that's like your thing. Go book a hunt. There's a lot of, you know, places around here that offer some great hunts. Be a great bachelor party. Um, (laughs) and if you are wanting to get into snow goose hunting, um a diy person um you know like at the store online we offer socks which is a great way to um start get you those mm-hmm. numbers and need probably know, about a thousand they're not they're not as expensive as like buying full bodies yeah. mm-hmm. you know and they've come a long ways from <laughs> what we were looking the rags at. and stuff you know <laughs> you you don't have to staple them a towel to a, a dowel rod, to a dowel rod. Yeah, they all come they all they come put rods, together fiber rods put together they're wind socks uh, most of them nowadays fold but not all of them um yeah, so they're easy to pick up and, and put like, in a bag they don't take up a lot of space you know yeah there's yep. a lot of good things silhouettes yep i think we're running a sale on snow goose silhouettes right now i mean we got can, a snow goose ad out right now don't we yes let's touch Ooh. on that real quick yeah because that's a that good place go? to gear up for snows yeah that runs through i think the next two weeks yeah still got plenty of time to yeah. even if you don't have time to hunt this year take advantage now so you're ready yeah i mean okay i was getting to the snow goose ad but yeah if you want to do it yourself i mean Probably some type of even with the snow a thousand snow socks, Josh. How much is that a full truck bed or you need a trailer? Uh I need to do I think you can do like really um ten dozen snow socks in like a good bag. Okay, so 
Yeah, I, think I it, had 40 dozen snow socks and they took up half of my truck bed. So, oh. yeah, about a truck bed. If you put them in like plastic totes, like Christmas tree totes, it's yeah. a good place to store them. But yeah, about a thousand to fill up a truck bed. And, then and can, a thousand would be now socks. Now you don't be, have your, yeah. you need to figure out if you want to do blinds or lay down chairs. Yeah, yeah you can stuff. hide in the white. You can lay out blind, yeah. hunt them. The A-frame. cool thing about snow goose hunting, though, you don't. You know, a lot of guys will do that running gun style. Yep. You know, you don't need as much. Put a snow cover on a layout blind and hide in your socks. Yep. Yeah. Or there's a lot of chairs. FA makes a white lay down chair. Yep. That's and I'd probably get an e collar. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. I mean, for conservation order, yeah. 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 And there's various prices on that stuff. Too. Oh, sure. I've heard of people using those little turtle box speakers that we sell. Yeah. We do sell them. Yeah. They have a white one. And you Bluetooth them to your phone, and mm-hmm. you just play your snow goose e-call track on your turtle yep. box yeah you can you can yeah. buy two of those and sync them together you can run two yeah, yeah. but yeah tons There's, of options there is but yeah i'd say tons probably about a good a good starting point like if you're wanting to snow goose hunt and you don't have anything to do it i'd say a good starting point would be about a thousand socks or whatever you can manage uh an e-collar yep and then figure out how to hide some type yeah. of chair. Get under the birds. So when figuring out how to hide, and even if you use layout blinds, a lot of guys come in and buy white suits. Yep. And yeah. they, I were talking white suits from, like, the Tyvek Sherwin suits. Williams. Like, mm-hmm. like paint suits. Ty- Tyvek, we sell Tyvek suits, pants and tops. And then they then there's a little bit nicer ones that are more like a PVC mm-hmm. type of material. It's easy to clean and stuff. And then there's, we make, Rogers makes a, a nice, like, windproof. Grid fleece. Grid fleece, insulated, ripstop outer, bib and jacket. And then you can get to Sitka. And they have a, a the lot Nodak. of Nodak stuff and a lot of stuff mm-hmm. in white. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, white hoodies, we sell a ton of white hoodies this time of year. Because that's like, if it's a good day, good south wind, it's a little warm, it's sunny out. Just white hoodie is going to... Is the new, the new, new layout blind going to be up? I don't want to say it and well, it's going to be up. The, the snow, one that, the snow cover. I'm going to write this down <laughs> just so, in case. I think they might be listed today as we're recording. Oh, that this. one? Is it, did you see that? Yeah. So, yes, we have checked them in. And they're on the website. So people need to keep an eye out for that. Goosebuster blinds, we now have an option in Nat Gear camo. Now, with the Nat Gear camo, that's the blind. Uh huh. You can get a snow cover in the Nat Gear snow pattern, which is a very popular pattern for Ooh, snow. It's a very popular pattern for like predator hunting in the snow. You know, it's not solid white. So if you're dealing with like. You know that melting snow, or it's not—it's not, not a pure. Or you yeah. just get a dusting. It's not pure snow. Yeah, the Nat Gear snow cover kind of looks like just a dirt field that's just kind of got snow, snow patches on snow it. patches. Yeah, it's been fed in for a while from yeah. snow geese. It yeah, it looks pretty darn good. <laughs> I yeah. think it. I think it'll work out great. So those are up and running. Yeah. So check those out. I couple new, might, couple new uh, pieces to the website. Here, why don't we touch on this while we got. Got this. Going. What do we got? We got an email. Oh, is this from this Ryan? is from Ryan? Yeah, Kirk. What is it? The last podcast we uploaded was the one we were talking yeah. about the tarp. Oh, talked talk- about yeah, we talked about tarp. blue tarp duck hunting. Yeah, so we had someone message us um, with with the drought this summer and fall in Louisiana. Our marshes in Southwest Louisiana were dirt cracking the ground dry. A lease next to our lease put out um, bisqueen. Yeah, bisqueen. It, it's like a, bisqueen a, a tarp material. For September teal season, shot a few blue wings and had some juvie um, model ducks hover over it. I'll try to get the pick of the setup. Oh, um, yeah. But a little ways off, it kind of looked like a mirage you see in the distance and looked mm-hmm. watery. Yeah, sweet. We were talking Thank you, about Ryan. Shout out hunting Ryan over Kirk. ice, and Louisiana might not deal with that as much as we do. Yeah, and we were talking about hunting over ice and adding tarps, blue tarps, dark blue tarps over ice, or even in a frozen field. Uh huh. To, to 
trick or portray, you know, open water. And yeah. he's saying like, we just don't have water. Let's just make it. Like, you know, let's <laughs> sure. yeah. fake it, you know, fake yeah. it till you make it. Fake it till you make nice. it. Nice. So, yeah. Shout out Ryan. Thanks yeah. for uh, sending that we, in. We weren't even thinking. Down there in Louisiana in the bayou. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> if Cl- you guys- Clyde probably going to. Yeah. Clyde's going to make fun of me. Yeah. If you guys want to reach out to us, send us an email, podcast at rogersportinggoods.com. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So with your white suit, white beanie, white hoodie, whatever, you know, white bibs, all that good stuff. All of your other camo stuff, you can still wear that. You can. Unless you're laying in white, then you want to wear white. Yeah. So, um, and I've even seen guys, like, if you're just in camo stuff, if you put enough tall socks or socks around you. Mm-hmm. You can cover yourself up with wind socks pretty good. Yeah. You know, and setting a spread, we didn't even go into, like, spread art or setting a spread, but usually where you're hiding in, you get these socks real nice and tight, and it looks like like a, like that's the feed, that's the central area, but that's really where you're you're hiding under, you know, because yeah. it starts yeah. to, you start to space out whatever type of shape you got. Yeah. But with that, you know, you're going to need some shells. And what Shotgun do you like? shells. Yeah. What do you like to? No, not. I don't never. I don't. Do we sell snow goose shells? I, I'm sure you used to. Maybe. Anyways, shotgun shells. Josh, what do you like to shoot? Usually, we sell three inch, three inch twos, twelve gauge, three inch twos, or BBs. Pretty much, right? Yeah. I mean, that's. Um. Yeah, that's what pretty much everybody's BBs and twos. Yeah. Regardless. Yeah. I like twos. Um, I like twos, but yeah, and you and you might you might bump your choke up a little bit. Yeah, shoot them tall or not at all. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're not shooting IC at these There's things. Some, uh, Probably not. I mean, some, they going to be a duck decoy and you know, 15 yards from you, perfectly over the hole. I got some of them. The uh, you do some like BBs and tungsten sevens. <laughs> but Pat over here wants to shoot TSS at them. Hmm. You could. It's expensive. You could do it. Yeah. Some babies and tungsten sevens, though. Unplugged shotgun. We love our partners at Federal. Blah, 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 blah. Man, the, the blue box right there. A blue box Federal speed shot. Oh, it's killer. You're shooting. Three inch number two. WF-142. Five, six times every or, time. A lot of guys talk. Let's talk a little bit about this. 143 or 142. What I mean by that for listening is 142 is a model number for ounce and a quarter. WF-143 is a model number for ounce and an eighth. Yeah, ounce and an eighth, ounce and fifteen an fifty. Ounce and an eighth gets p- pretty popular during snow season. Yeah, ounce WF and forty three is are pretty good. Well, heavier, it's fifteen. Ounce and a quarter is going to have more shot. Fourteen fifty, a little slower. Yep, a little slower. Ounce and an eighth, you're going to get that fifteen fifty fifteen. That's fifteen fifty for that speed shock. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you can bump up to black cloud and get sixteen twenty five. Yep. That HV model. Or if you're really going nuts, you can get hypersonic. Hypersonic. <laughs> 1,700 feet per second. And I don't yeah. know if you need the, yeah. Do you want the speed for snow geese or just 10 gauge, three and a half inch twos? 10 gauge. I mean, they don't seem to come down to my spread. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. But, you know, there's choke tubes out there that are white, you know, like, you know, if yeah. you to, my buddy spray banding his gun white. Is he really? Yeah, he did it. He, he did it on a supernova. Really? Heck yeah. We he had did that. like a snow camo spray paint thing. It looks awesome. good. We had like that non-residue snow camo wrap. Oh, yeah? I don't know if we have any more left or not. You wrap your gun. Yeah. My gun, my gun looks like mud, so. Another cool thing is that you can buy these uh, gun holders that stake into the mud. Yep. What's That's the What's one. the brand? Uh, Final Approach has one. Final Approach has one, and then the other brand is. Uh, and what's their name? Oh my gosh! Well, Man, I feel terrible. It's right next to the rigs. I know. <laughs> I can visualize the letters, but I can't put them I together. You can. It's not rig them right. No. No. Gosh, dang it! It's like SRB or something. Like that. Yeah. I'm pulling it up right now. It's it's SRB. Look at SRB. that. SRB. SRB field, field rest. rest. Field yeah. rest. They even make a turkey one coming up. They got a tall turkey one. Yeah. Yeah. They make their they stake into the ground. They're little Y yokes or whatever to put your gun on, and then they got them in brown and white if you just want a white one. And there's some different lightweight snow like a FAS the snow goose chair. Yep. It's kind of 
super lightweight, plenty of padding. It reminds so you're not me of like on the a, ground, like a like a. It's like a beach pool, chair pool with no chair. legs. Yeah, beach chair, pool chair, no legs. It's got like those adjustable yeah. slots yep. in it. Uh huh. So you can pick like um, you want to take a nap and it's just goes. Lucky light. Duck do yeah. They the, got uh, the running gun the chairs running and gun. stuff. Yeah, they and sometimes you can get rig and right. Yeah, you can get some blankets to go over top of you. Yeah, all that good stuff. Beaver tail, like the ghillie blanket, the snow one with yeah. the chiseled brown mixed in. Yep. Final approach makes an express blind. Rogers makes an LP blind. Those are very lightweight blinds. If you yep. want to have something covering you up, you know, if you want to put in corn in your stubble straps and that type of stuff or whatever. Right. Or you could just set it up like a regular layout blind hunt too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. So then you got after ammo it. and then mag extensions. I mean, this is the time to do it, man. Yeah. yeah, I need to get one. Yeah. There's a couple different brands out there. Our most popular probably sold one is Carlson. It's your time to fly. They're allowing it. Yeah. Get after it. And usually they're they're gun specific or like there's a thread, you know, mm-hmm. specific to your gun. Um and then is it who makes the what's the brand that makes the, the in, there's one that's like a modular one. You buy it's in two parts. Um you buy the extension and then you buy the the ring. That goes to your gun. So you could let's say you had three or four guns and you don't you want to pick one one day and use another and next. So you could buy three different rings that match your threads and just use the same tube. Oh, nice. Yeah, um, I'll tell you the brand of that in a, sec- in a second. But and sometimes you can find different like eight eight count extension or eleven or whatever. Yeah. Let's see here. I want my gun to hold a box. A full box, so it's Nordic. I knew it was Nordic. I just felt like that was That'd wrong. Be sweet. Can you imagine how long it would take you to shoot a box of shells? Not me. Yeah. What do you? Not think? very long. Thirty seconds. I just shoot all twenty-five every time I so pull up. Yeah, like the Nordic MXT <laughs> shotgun mag extension. <laughs> oh, how many seconds to shoot mm-hmm. the twenty-five? Oh, yeah. How long would it take you? I'd to be empty sore it? before I could. You can get a either size seven or nine. That means there's seven shells or nine shells additional. Addition to what your gun already holds. I believe so. Yeah, so what would that be total? Maybe like a 11 or something like that? 11 to 13 maybe? I don't yeah, know. Something like that. And usually you're buying 3-inch, right? And then you buy the extension nut. So the nut that fit matches your gun. So you could buy a Benelli, you know, M1, M2, SBE123, SX3, SX4 is a different thread. Browning's a different thread. Stoger's a different thread. Can you There's add actually, one of those SX4 ones to your cart? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, SX4. We got it in stock, Josh. Perfect. And then we have the uh, we have the 12 gauge mag extension in stock as well. So it's a pretty cool little system. Going back up to the Carlson, that's the that was at the top of the page. It uh, basically what? How many does the Carlson do? Ten or eight? Ten or eight. Okay. Oh yeah. So we have actually we have eight, ten, and twelve as an option on our website for size. We are out of the SX four. Half a box. It's better than a quarter of a box. It's pretty good. Um, it's better than four. Yeah, they have the the Carlson one. We got a Remington thread option, Benelli option, Benelli Nova, Stoger, Beretta. We are sold out of the Winchester at this current moment. Oh man, I'm missing my opportunity. Yep. Yeah, mag extensions. Snow Goose Call Wise, a few Ooh, off the yeah. top of my head. You got from Fox Pro, the Snow Crow Pro, or the Super no. Snow Crow Pro. And then there's a Snow Pro. And a Snow Pro. Yep. And you can get additional speakers depending yep. on which unit. Um, Lucky Duck yeah, just I'll, came out with. There, theirs looks um, pretty sweet. What the heck? Uh, what, white, white Devil? The white Is it called the White Devil? First thing I hear of when I think of White Devil is Jim Carrey in Ace Ventura. <laughs> okay. But what do you say? What? White Devil, White Devil. White Devil, Snow Goose, E-Caller. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's a, a slang get term. A spe- extra speaker, it looked like? Yeah, 100%. Extra speaker. Yeah. Well, I've yep. got those at the store as well. They look good. Um, and they're online. The remote um, looks really cool, too. Man, I remember some of the days with the the old Super Snow Crow Pros back in the day. Their remotes were, you know. The old uh, battery box with the normal outlets. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. Remember the old Fox Pro remotes back in the day, man? 
You didn't have yeah. no LCD screen. Yeah. You didn't have nothing. You can do, they do make some other, uh, like Fox Pro makes some single speaker that, uh, like the bullhorn style speaker, yeah. like a X1 or X2 um, that do come with snow sounds um, that do have snow goose sounds on it. Oh, we were putting that rack together earlier. There was a Super Snow Crow Pro that went out the door. I saw it on the line. Yeah. Getting ready. Someone's I'm thinking about it. Yep. Yeah. The, the, the Super Snow Crow Pro, the Snow Pro, and the Snow Pro speaker. Gotcha. And then look at the uh, like. There's the SP70 speaker. I think. Yeah. But a lot of these will have snow goose sounds on them too. Like if you go back some of the predator calls. Yeah. Um, what was the one? Like, yeah, the like shock, the shock wave? wave. That's a pretty good caller. It does. Now you have to do some tilting, obviously, so yeah. your sound's projecting up. But the X1 or the X2, whatever that one was, right there. It's the X2S. Yeah, where it's got that yeah bullhorn style speaker it's angled up Those that's my favorite thing is just to listen to that for 18 hours or 12 hours we were testing one out <laughs> in the store the other day and brandon got it all put together and turned on some snow goose calls and when you when them speakers are cranking them oh man i'm sure people over in like the fishing side who didn't know what was going on they're just hearing all this snow goose yeah. chatter or let out a coyote howl like oh my gosh yeah but we'll get you helped out you can always call up to our online team too and they can kind of walk you through some things and get you prepped or yep. if you're by the store usually we've it's got all that stuff. muddy mm-hmm. yeah so good pair of pull-on boots i mean yeah your lace-ups if you brought lace-ups out there might be caked i guess a potentially. Good way to, potentially good way to put it is like if it's in this ad it's probably something that you're gonna want to yeah. take snow goose hunting so like oh, yeah let me, let me you, see. you could just look at this ad it's like been a while since okay mess with the ad decoys ammo clothing oh motion wise that's not oh, something sock, we talked about the but flyers, uh, the flyers and rotaries and all that yeah. Yeah. yeah we never even talked about that the lucky duck uh flicker that's, that's icing on the cake yeah know? it's a necessity rotary arms and flyers um the higdon persuader like the clone yep, yep. we got first page um, got some hot deals left and right silhouettes Decoys. there's floaters if you're hunting some water you can always do that you can mix in juvies adults you know whatever lucky ducks still got the snow it's endless flapper. if you want to really get into it we've got you covered oh yeah so the clone stuff looks pretty cool did you mention that yep 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 Blinds. um yeah the clone you can put on a persuader so it's basically a single angled arm that old motion That's left and right we even got like a white dog vest. Yep. You know, hoodies, hoodies, hoodies. You can get some pretty cool white hats. Yep. Beanies. Oh, you're not wearing it. We, you know, Josh wears this Goosebuster hat, the Rogers Goosebuster hat. Yep. We have the Snowbuster hat too. I need to get one of those. I, I, I need to wear that on the Snow Goose trip. The old Snowbuster. We got some really good deals on some rubber boots too. That's in the ad, and then we have the the ammo. Lots of ammo. Yeah. Choke tubes. Looks like Pattern Master's got a white one. Carlson's got a white one. Bag extensions. Gun rests. Snow goose flags. Blind bags. Decoy bags. Oh, yeah. The ad is like... The ad is like your checklist. Yeah. You pick one thing off of each page. Yeah, you would probably be And then set you'd be up. good. I mean... One pack of, of Higdon snow goose butts is not going to just get you put out a <laughs> just put out a pair of snow goose butts. Yeah, don't know if you'd do it. All right, but there's also I mean we got blues and full bodies and yeah floaters. you can mix all that in all sorts of fun stuff. Yeah, why not? All right, time to get mad. Love at it. Yes, uh, announcements as always. Um, which there's a new date now that I'm going to throw out there, but if you're a um, in the area on February 24th, um, we'll be doing a Hummingbird Minn Kota seminar at the store at 10 o'clock Saturday, February 24th. So um, if you're interested, learn a little bit about uh, Hummingbird in Minn Kota um, and how to utilize your units and all that fun stuff. So, But um, now we are, what, two weeks out 
We've got the NWTF Nashville Convention coming up. So if you're in the Nashville area. Or if you're going. Um, or going out there. We'd love for you to go out there. People drive from February all over. We see local Kansas City customers. And they're out in, there. In, in WTF. Yeah. And then I've seen customers I've met out there at the store. Yep. That happens. And that, that live from. There's a group that has come by now the past two years. Really? Um, so that's February 14th. 15th. Um, 14th, 15th, 16th, whatever. The 15th is yeah, the We day leave on Valentine's Day. We leave on the 14th, right? And hopefully the day the Chiefs have their Super Bowl parade. And we'll be back that following Sunday. Yeah. Um, so we've got that. We've got the Fishing Frenzy 2024. We're going to miss the Chiefs football, uh, Super Bowl we parade. We did last year. Sonia was sending me videos. Oh, she yeah. goes, I don't know who was who. And I'm like, you just slapped hands with Steve Spagnola. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, ah. I'm like, that's a, you know, whatever, I shout out the player's name. Because <laughs> yeah. like, they're coming by so quick. Yeah. But typically, if we keep going to, if we keep going to this NWTF convention, though. You'll never get to see or the ne- Super Bowl parade. I won't get to see the Super Bowl parade. Yeah. I rough, went, rough life. I went the one year, but that's because me and that was the first year. and But now they do it on Valentine's Day. Yeah. And we flew out the day after you That's guys had that already. That was before they added that extra game in the season. Uh-huh. Because the Super Bowl used to be on my birthday. Yeah. Both uh, so April 6th is our Fishing Frenzy 2024. That's an in-store um, at the Rogers Sporting Goods location in Liberty, Missouri. That's an event there. Shoot, what, what was else? The new one? You said there's a new one. Well, that's the, the it's, it's the hummingbird Minn Kota. But if you oh. if you're around the area or um, you might you, you know you might already? stop by the store Saturday, February twenty fourth at yep. ten a.m. Um, to learn about um, hummingbird fish finders yep. and like three sixty imaging and um, you know advanced you know yep. there's a lot electronics to and how that correlates with Minn Kota trolling motors and everything in between oh, yeah. and there'll be donuts and a Q and A and all sorts of yep. so Rebates. something we do. Their rebates will be going on. Um, Perfect time if you're about to get that boat out of you know, yep, out on the you water. Start thinking about it, learn about it. I mean, there's some advanced stuff that you know. It's just you know that, you start playing that, with that it. Mega so Live is like why not learn from the so experts? Awesome. Yeah, um, and then the, the Mega 360. So all sorts of fun stuff. Cool. All sorts yeah. of good stuff going on. So. Hopefully you'll uh, come and attend some of those and yeah. uh, have some fun. So, anyways, with that, make sure you, uh, as always, subscribe uh, and follow our YouTube channel and all of our other social media platforms. And uh, keep sending in, like, uh, shout out Ryan, uh, sending in messages or questions or or topics. You know, if you guys want to throw stuff out there that that maybe you'd like us to answer or uh touch on feel free to do that as well so um with that as always enjoy um your time outdoors and be safe until next time peace yeah go chase the white devils yeah go get the go get the uh oh that was a funny line because he didn't understand the language in the movie (laughs) and so (laughs) they were like Calling because his hair was all messed up. Oh, yeah. White devil. It's time for me to go. Burn all bridges.